Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 251, When You Know You're Here For More, A Bigger View of Purpose and What's in the Way with Matthew Cooksey. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Changeable. My guest in today's episode is Matt Cooksey. Matt is a coach. Um, he is, I don't even know how to describe him because coach is just not really the word, but he's hes a really amazing guide. And I think part of why he's so amazing at what he does is that he's done this himself. He has done, quote unquote, the work. He has explored who we are and how we work and how our beliefs work and and what they do when we believe them and you know he he's really really looked in some some of the most important deepest places and he's done it through his own life and i think that's just it's just so important for anyone we work with to have gone through that done that for themselves with themselves because there's just no clearer way of seeing things. So Matt works with people around their life purpose and particularly what's getting in the way. And I love this conversation because, and we kick it off this way right away. We talk about how this idea of purpose, I I know I've talked about it on the show before, this idea that each of us has a unique purpose and that That purpose looks like, this is where it goes awry, in our mind, that purpose looks like, oh, my unique purpose is that I'm supposed to be a mother or have a business or do this or that. Our mind takes this purpose feeling, this drive to create and do and be in and of the world. Our mind takes that huge fundamental drive, I think, and then tries to make sense of it by giving us some direction about what we're supposed to do in life. <laughs> so it's just what a mind would do, right? It takes some big, vague, indescribable feeling and spits it out as a formula. Here's what you do if you want to be happy, fulfill your purpose. And there aren't many concepts that I've seen create more suffering for people, honestly. Like this idea that there's a unique purpose and you better find yours. And when you find it, you will be happy and fulfilled forever. And if you don't find it, you're in really big trouble. Is such, such a massive uh, misunderstanding, but really just source of suffering. So Matt works with people around their purpose, around this bigger drive, but he does it from kind of what I just said, you know, from from a deep understanding of the way that our mind Uh, interprets this, misunderstands it, how purpose can be used against us by our, by thought, you know, often. And he, he has this really amazing way though of, it's hard to describe, but I think (sighs) kind of getting the essence of that, that pull to create and to contribute and connect and be in the world, which is, which is a really deep essential pull, like to just stick with the essence of that and then help clear out all the garbage around it, which is really what's going on for us, right? We do want to connect and contribute, 
But then our thinking gets in the way about, about how do we do it and what's the best way and can I really and all of that stuff. So Matthew is just so, so good at spotting the essence and then spotting and help people, helping other people see all of the beliefs and thoughts and other stuff that's kind of cluttering this view for them. Um, I love this conversation for so many reasons. You'll love it too. I think we went in a lot of different directions. He was so open and vulnerable about sharing his own experience and um, just a just a great conversation. So if you are curious about purpose, if you feel that deep pull or calling to um, contribute in some way, but it feels heavy or messy or uncertain, Matt's your guy. And I'll share his information here. His website is matthewcooksey.com. Um, I'll put all of his links in the show notes. Reach out. And if you listen to this and you have questions, personal questions about your purpose or more general questions, Matt has invited everyone who listens to this to submit those questions. And then he's going to speak to them in a video, similar to what I do for Ask Amy. So if you have questions about purpose and you're listening to this in May of 2023, when this episode is coming out, you can go over to matthewcooksey.com slash Amy. And again, I'll put this link in the show notes. And there'll be a place where you can submit your questions about purpose. And then in a couple of weeks, he's going to take all those questions and speak to them and share the video with everyone who submitted a question. So it's a really cool opportunity to get a little bit of uh, personal support here as you listen. So enjoy this conversation with Matt Cooksey. Hey, Matt, thank you for coming on Changeable. My goodness, it is so, so exciting to be here and just a great privilege. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear more about your work and to just see where this conversation goes. I know our last conversation, which was for your podcast, which will be out shortly, um, was so good. And it, and I love your podcast. I'll talk about it more when it launches uh, here on my show. But I just love the idea for it. And we had even kind of a, a pretty structured conversation for your show, but it's still like just unwound in some crazy fun ways. So I, I think this will just be fun. For yeah. I, I've i been crushing on you very hard, as you know, as I've told you, um, because I just, I, I love, and I've said this to Amy, you know, just how forensic you are in pulling apart teasing apart life and and the mind and and how this all works and so i think that's our shared shared love so it's it's just it's great to do this for for your people today yeah awesome so so tell us a bit about you your work what do you help people do well look i i think of myself as a garbage collector <laughs> and I, a very specific kind of garbage collector. Uh, I think of myself as like a garbage collector for the psyche. I think at this point, the human psyche is so, so utterly full of trash that we have been handing down from one generation to another. So it seems first up that there's a lot of junk in our system, in our minds, in the form of beliefs, in the form of emotions and feelings that are, that are stuck. And really, for the last 12 or so years, I've been personally 
quite systematically taking out my trash. Like I'm, I'm sitting here recording this and I've got like a, a box just beyond what my desk. And that box is full of literally probably a hundred journals that contain all my junk. And as I have taken out my trash, I have come to see myself and life in with so much more clarity and it's given me so much more freedom. So at this point, my, my work in the world is to really help other people take out their trash. And, you know, not to diminish you, Amy, but I kind of see you as a, as a garbage collector too. Um, I think, you know, (laughs) just, just like, you know, we have all these different, uh, you know, containers for different types of trash. I think there's different types of trash and the, the trash I see you taking, helping people take out so expertly and lovingly is this, this trash about how change happens Mm -hmm. and you know it's just been amazing to listen to changeable and and to to hear you helping people with that and so for me what i was called the kind of junk that i was called to help people to take out really revolves all around this topic of purpose my life's work you know what i'm hearing what i was born for there is so much confusion about that topic. And so, so I'm a therapist by training, I'm a coach, and I lead a community of people who all have one thing in common, which is that they all feel that they're here to contribute to creating a kinder, healthier, saner, more peaceful world. But they're stuck in the junk. They are not fulfilling what they feel that they're here to do. Um, and my job is to help them see what's in the way. And that, that's what my community and, and my coaching program is, is all about. I love that. So, um, so there's kind of two paths. There's like, what's the junk and how do we get rid of it? And, but maybe before we go there, I think even for maybe for some people hearing this, the idea that I have a life's purpose and I have a life's work and there's meaning I'm here to fulfill and all of that, it might sound shocking for them to hear that, oh, there could be a problem with that. <laughs> like, mm. you know, we've been told and conditioned and taught like you need that or at least it's good if, if not right. you know, something that we absolutely need. So how do you, yeah, how do you see the whole purpose meaning thing? Totally. I mean, it's really probably in the last 10 to 15 years become very en vogue to to have a a life purpose. (laughs) You know, prior to that, uh, you know, the average person I don't think was necessarily thinking down that line. And there's that, uh, that quote from Joseph Campbell, where he says, follow your bliss. And I think, uh, a whole movement started that really did in a very well-meaning way create a sense that you need a life purpose in order to be a happy fulfilled person and so on the one hand it's great it's wonderful because and we'll get to this there is a truth 
to this. This is just like almost everything you explore on this show. This is a paradox. There is a there is a underlying, tr- an undeniable truth. I think to the sense that at the core of us as human beings, there is an impulse, an impulse to to create and contribute. It feels really like core to who we are, and what I've discovered is that 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 just naturally flows out of us when we're not trying to force that out of us. And so the problem, the the junk that comes up here, you know, in a way, it's a when you look at this from one side, it's a jewel, and when you look at it from the other side, it's a piece of junk because. The junk comes up when people then have this notion that if only I find the perfect passion or the perfect um, calling, then I will feel complete. And that really is just more of the same that you talk about on the show all the time. It's another way the mind tries to tell us that we're not enough, that we're not complete, that we're not full right now. And you and I know and spend our lives pointing to the opposite, you know, that we are right now. Well, I think it's so important how you talk about that natural drive to do things. And just as you say that, and to contribute and connect and all of that, but even even now as I just say this and I add a bunch of synonyms around that, like, contribute, connect, like it keeps getting more and more laden with concepts. I can feel that with every word we attach to it, Mm. now our mind is in there saying, oh, I need to contribute. And is this a contribution? Is, you know, if my bliss is like, you know, listening to a YouTube video right now, that's not contributing. It just gets to be so messy. So I just, I think it's so important though that you talk about this because I don't think anyone's talking about this. And there is that natural drive to create and do things and then, and then tell me if this is how you see it. Then the mind just comes in and tries to help, <laughs> help like the little, <laughs> like the, like your three-year-olds, you know, helping yeah. make cookies. It's not helpful kids. It's cute, but it's not helpful. And then everything just is a giant mess. It's totally like that. It's totally like that. I mean, if I, if I go back to my own experience of this, because, you know, I talk about this and I do this work because I have grappled so much with this personally my, myself. Um, you know, about 12 years ago, I was working in a corporate job and uh, I, I was working in technology and I realized I was, I was very unhappy just generally in my life. And I, I ended up taking a, a sabbatical and moved to the other side of the world. I, I grew up in London, and now I live in Australia. As you can probably tell by my confused, geographically confused accent. Um, and you know, I really changed every facet of my of my life, including my professional life. I, I went back to study psychotherapy and became a therapist. Um, I got a new partner. I moved to a new country. I got new friends. Like I changed everything. And arguably, there was a there was a point, probably like seven or eight years ago, I had a, a a psychotherapy practice that was thriving. I was doing what we could say was meaningful, purposeful work, 
And to my horror, I was not happy. Still, you know, the, the advice I'd, I'd heard over and over, follow your passion, and that's the key. It, it didn't seem to have worked, and it was kind of devastating. And, and that's what moves me to have this conversation with people, because I think the other side of the bravery and the courage it takes to actually try and, you know, move in a different direction, people can, people can become very disheartened and even depressed you know, when it's not working out, you know, and, and so I really want to help people, people sort of see this more clearly. So when you found yourself in that situation, did you think, oh, this was the wrong passion? I need a different purpose in life or, or what, what was your conclusion there? Yeah, it, it's a great, it's a great question. Uh, there was definitely a period in which my mind then said, oh, Okay, well, th- what this means is that this isn't quite right. And I actually then moved on and created a, uh, a leadership program and shifted out of therapy into to coaching. But the, but the feeling just never went away. It just never went away. And, and, and ultimately what I, I was able to see was that, uh, that something else was happening here that that i was you know i i sometimes picture like a big mansion and if you imagine every room in the man, mansion house represents a different a different kind of topic or interest area that somebody might be pursuing in their career and i felt i was certainly in the right wing of the mansion and i was probably even in the right room in this mansion but what I realized is that now that I am in the right room, it's not about finding a new room. It's about how I am being in this room and how I'm being, how, how, how connected I can be to myself, my true self and to life as I'm in this space. And that that would be the thing that would, would make all, all the difference, that it, that it moved away from finding something new to do and into really who I'm being. Yeah. So what does that mean exactly? How you're being, how can we Mm. be? Well, I, you know, when I think of uh, people who, you know, come, come to me saying that they want to live a more purposeful life or um, they want to, uh, live a more meaningful life. I think what they're, what they're really saying is that they, they want to live from something inside themselves that is not preoccupied with itself and is not turning your creativity and industry and work into a means to either make itself feel better or to at the very least avoid feeling worse people want to live from something that is more ex- more expansive and more um able to flow into the world without without worry like just for example being here right now in this conversation with you 
I just literally had a moment just then where my mind suddenly just said to me, Ooh, are you, are you going to answer this question? Well, for Amy, like whole like thought that was like going to turn this conversation into a performative act, a means to please Amy and a means to please Amy and anyone who might be listening to this conversation. By when I'm talking about a way of being, what I'm talking about is really is really that. Am I am I living in this conversation from that in me that I that I absolutely still have that is like really still like frightened about like am I enough and you know am I saying having a good enough conversation and all of those things or can I can I access and flow from something else? And for me, the beauty of a moment that just happened there is that I don't have to get rid of that part of me that likes to perform. I, I, I'm able to just include it. I just included it here, but I was not driven completely by it. And so that's really what I'm driving at when I'm talking about who we're being, what we're, how we're being. When you say you included it, does that, you tell me, but is that kind of just the awareness of it, the, the ability to see it arise and know that's not you, or what is that? Yeah, I, for me, in that, in that particular moment, and I think this is a general uh, principle, um, it, it was really noticing it, as you say, noticing that that's there. I noticed I then slowed down and just gave a little just a little space not that necessarily you or anybody else would would notice that but that within me i felt just a sense of space and in that space it reminds me of that uh, quote from victor frankl where he says between stimulus and response there's a there's a gap and that is the the uh, true freedom that we have as human beings, and so for me, in that in that gap, as I just allowed myself to experience that that gap, what arose was almost a a love of that part of me that wants to get this right, and a desire to include that part in the conversation, and to be able to see that actually I could talk about that right now with you, I could actually bring it into the conversation and use it as the perfect example. And I was like, whoa, this is so cool because like now I'm like, I'm actually deriving the, the beauty and the brilliance of this part of me that for many years, you know, I like, I guess in the language that you might use on changeable, like I was, I was trying to get rid of a mind that would do this. I was trying to get rid of that mind because it was, um, interrupting me and, it was causing me to not be able to be myself here, but, but actually just then it was like, Oh, this feels so good because it can just, all of me can be here. You know, it's so, it's so kind of full circle in a sense, because I see in, tell me if you see this too, like, you know, at some point we aren't even aware that that's, we just think that's us and it's just showing a complete blindness to it and it's running the show. And when I say at some point, I don't just mean at some point in our life, but in moments throughout our life, I'm sure, but definitely mm. at certain times of our life, we might just be completely blind to that. 
then we start to wake up to that voice or that part and we kind of see how the mind works and all of that. And it does make for some of that space. But what I see is yet what you just said, people coming in at that point and recognizing, and I still feel this too at times, like recognizing, oh, I don't want to be run around by thought. There's something so much just purer and truer and wiser. So in a sense, not meaning to do it, thought becomes the enemy and then it gets pushed away and then it get, then it just grows and it tries to hijack the situation even more. So I love what you're saying. It feels like the next step in that evolution, which is like, hey, I see you, buddy. Come on in. We're doing a podcast conversation. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> Be here. And there's just no fighting in that. It, it, that's exactly what it's like. Um, as somebody who has experienced really for most of my life a battle inside to now be here i i just love how you put it like come here buddy we're doing a podcast like come in this you can be you can be here that just creates inside me this quietness this quietness in which i can actually embody this understanding this sense of who we are that is beyond any thought about who we are. And when that is in the driving seat, with all of these other parts of my mind, ready to provide the, you know, the material, the the stories, the narratives, the passions, like all of those personal things to sort of add to the picture. And to be used as raw materials by this 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 um, this self that's more than our mind, then I mean that's just it's a it's a beautiful co- collaboration, um, and so many of the people that I see in my community, they they are so challenged by this phenomena because they are trying to create something generous. They want to be generous. They want to contribute truly to a better a better world and so when they find themselves caught up in a mind that wants to make it about you know whether they're enough whether people like what they're saying all of these things it it hurts even more because because they feel this awful tension between their very loving true in, true intention to contribute and the fact that actually how they're really showing up is to get something, whether that be approval or um, likes or whatever it is. And it kills it. It just absolutely kills it inside them. And it's painful. That's so interesting. I never thought of that in that way in this context. But, you know, I see a ton of people with intrusive thoughts. And we just had a conversation this morning about this, that Um, we had a guest speaker and somebody asked about intrusive thoughts and the guest speaker said, well, just look, and I've said this many times, like the fact that we call them intrusive thoughts, they're so bothersome because they're so not genuine. That should just tip us off, but we still get caught up, of course. But, um, But it's kind of what you're saying. It's like, this is our desire to contribute and help and support is so genuine that when that mind comes in, and of course it will, because you're still human. It means nothing. But if we don't know better, 
I can, I get right. that now what you're saying, like really the, the icky, horrible feeling in that, like, no, this isn't about me. I'm not doing it for that reason. And then <laughs> you feel like that, then I could see it just, it's just as a major log jam to the whole flow and the whole process. Hugely. It becomes, again, it becomes another battle, another battle. And the answer is, in my experience, is not to push away these parts. Want to turn the whole thing into a referendum on your worth and validity as a human being. The answer is to invite those parts of us in, which is really what I do in my in my coaching program, which I call a shadow quest. And I and I call it a shadow quest because that's we're really inviting in these parts of ourselves that want to go against the grain of this very loving, generous impulse. And we're actually inviting them in so that we can hold them, so that we can love them, and so that we can unlock the gift and the contribution that each of those parts of us actually has to to offer us. There's this... um. There's this lovely quote, um, and I just feel like it it says this so well. It says, um, perhaps all the dragons in our lives are princesses who are only waiting to see us act just once with beauty and courage. Perhaps everything that frightens us is in its deepest essence something helpless that wants our love. And it like it breaks my heart when I read that. Because I I see these people all the time. They are trying to embody this impulse to to love and contribute and and then it's triggering all these parts of themselves and and then they're getting into a fight with those parts of themselves and they're just pushing them away. And and what if they just these parts could come up and and we could bring them in just like happened just now as I was speaking. And what I see time and time again is when people can do that, it unlocks exactly the thing that they've been searching for. I feel like this is so huge right now in history because I mean, all the time, you know, I've trained quite a few coaches and we have a community that supports them in growing their businesses. And and now more than ever, there's a lot of coaches in the world everybody's on social media, everybody's fed a bunch of crap about how you present yourself and what you do. And it just feels icky. And it's not just that that feels icky. It, we, it can bring it up in us, you know, like I hate social media half the time and I don't want to mm. hate social media, but I, I get there and then the comparison starts and this and that, and my stuff's never good enough. And, and it just leads people to walk away, which is, just heartbreak. I mean, and maybe you see this with coaches too. I think coaches, especially people get into this because they love people and they have so mm. much to share. Nobody's getting, becoming a coach just to strike it rich by any stretch. Right. <laughs> so genuine and a lot of other things too. But you know, so much of this is so genuine. And then, yeah, like the crappy feelings come about, come around growing a business or getting out there or yeah. whatever these phrases are and they walk away. I, I agree with you. I mean, when I think about what I know about the Change Coach program, 
that you offer. You know, I, I know some of the other coaches in in your who have trained with you, and I've actually uh, shout out to Amanda in your in your crew. You know, I've Amanda has has coached me, and um, and the difference those people can make in the world with the understanding that you're equipping them with is really mind boggling the work you know when i think about my community like if all these people could get the junk out of the way if i could click my fingers and do that and then they could be really unleashed you know out in the world the difference that would make pretty rapidly i think is quite mind boggling and so it to me it is a tragedy it is a tragedy that this way our mind has been programmed to be self-conscious um to be self-preoccupied um and how that gets in the way of our ability to serve it it really is a tragedy and and so that's that's why this topic feels so so important for us to to help people see that they don't need to to be stuck in that like i was stuck in that for so long like i felt so disgusting i felt so manipulative i felt so like i was doing a bait and switch with people uh you know i felt so much of that ick um and and it, it's so painful to be stuck there and people don't need to stay stuck there so do you have a process that helps people recognize this or like how do you how do you yeah do- yeah i i actually uh i I love the process that I go through with with people um, to really move move past this. The approach I take is that I'll sit with somebody and essentially create a map, like a physical map of how the junk, let's say, how the trash is configured inside their system. And very often what we what i find there is somebody will have a variation on this kind of theme of a part of them that is very good at doing things and and this is very common with coaches as well and a part of them that is very good at stuff related to being a part that meditates a part that listens to changeable a part that wants to evolve and and grow and very often what I find once I've kind of created this map with somebody is that those parts of them are not actually connected and collaborating. They are really, um, if you think about how our self-concept grows in childhood, you know, we, we build up our sense of who we, we are based on the reflections and the mirroring that we get from people around us. And because those mirrors are so warped so much of the time, and one minute the mirror tells me, mirror, mirror on the wall, you're the most wonderful kid of all. And then the next minute, it's like, mirror, mirror on the wall, you're a terrible piece of shit and you don't deserve to exist. Like We end up with this very kind of um, fractured self-concept. And the only way our psychology, I think, can actually reconcile this very schizophrenic idea that we're getting about who we are is to divide it into into parts and so um so what i help people to do is to see usually that there's a part that's really focused on doing it wants to know what it needs to do for this purpose 
for this life's work and it wants to, it wants to get the book written it wants to get the podcast launched it's like come on go 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 chop 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 that's the kind of mentality very often those parts of us are very um goal oriented and and it's and that's a wonderful part of us it's absolutely so helpful to be able to to bring structure and planning and all of those things but very often though that kind of part in somebody is at odds with a part that knows that we need to slow down that it we need to access something beyond and outside of the mind which is really just us in simple terms us that's not who we think we are and when those two parts of us are really fighting for control that's what i see most often getting in the way for people is that those two parts are not collaborating they're not connected and so then the work that i do in this shadow quest is actually the work of bringing those parts together so into some kind of marriage between being and doing a, a good friend of mine said that a life well lived sounds like this it's dooby 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 you know it's like this beautiful marriage of doing and being and and when when you can help somebody bring these parts of themselves together their doing is infused with this beautiful impulse that we've been speaking about and when inevitably they get caught up what i coach them to do is to just stop in that moment trace back what's gone on what junk they've got caught up on in their mind so that they can get back to this place of doing that is infused with this generosity that brought them to to this work in the first place so that's kind of where i take people just struck me as you were talking about that again i'm thinking mostly about coaches but it's not just coaches it's anyone but um just because i'm used to hearing from coaches a lot but how early on in building a business there's so many ups and downs it's not easy it's not fast it, it just is whatever it is but how you'll and i remember this too like there's I see them swing often from being to doing, but there's not, it's not doobie dooby doo. It's like do, mm. do, 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 do. Oh crap, <laughs> burnt out. And I don't know how to do anymore. And I think I'm going to leave. Okay, let me be, 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 be. Oh, this feels better. But wait a minute, I haven't done anything in a long time. <laughs> Where are the people? <laughs> and, you know, and it's just like these long stretches of do and be. And I, and I hear this often too. And, you know, with them saying, oh, I think I'm just going to go buy this, you know, multi-thousand dollar program, you know, blueprint, this marketing blueprint that's all about doing when they've been being for too much and their mind gets agitated or vice versa. I need to go do a, you know, month-long silent retreat when they've been doing too much. And it's just so extreme. So I love that. Like, it just feels like you're just bringing it all together. Oh, uh, I, I love that example because I'm, I mean, that was my, that was, you just described me <laughs> like do, 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 do. And then like, oh shit, this feels awful. I don't like this. Yeah. I feel, I feel tight. I feel, I'm calculating. I'm, I feel icky. Oh, I need to get out of this and, and, and then retreating from it. And, um, and it really, it really does seem to me that for, for, for anyone who wants to to create something that's really generous 
they're doing has to be infused with who they really are. It has to be infused with a a self that is not preoccupied by either grasping for something or pushing something away by a carrot and a stick. You know, like we're trained onto that stick, man, you know, so powerfully from such an early age. So I just I just want people to know that of course it makes perfect sense that we that we get caught in this. It's not wrong in any way, shape, or form. In fact, it's completely natural given how the, how we're trained. And yet to live in a carrot and stick approach when you're trying to do something generous, truly generous, in my experience, it, it doesn't work so well. It just doesn't. Can you say a little more about the being part, what that looks like, and do people know how they how to be or how, mm. how they want to be or or do we just have these these you know desires that come up these fantasies and these dreams that arise and we don't really it feels like maybe sometimes we don't tie that to our being so how do you mm. That? Mm. I I like to to ask myself and to to have my clients ask themselves regularly and frequently who am I being right now that that simple practice of just if you can asking that question in a in a non-judgmental way but with a level of curiosity to you know let's let's say for example you're um about to go on Amy Johnson's changeable podcast as a guest as I was um this morning i i had a really i had a really late night because i was i was actually taking one of my shadow quest coaching groups last night until 10 p.m and then i've got some big stuff going on with my family right now that's really 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 painful and i was on the phone to my brothers and to my mom until like 11 30 and and in my being I became aware that as I asked myself, who am, who am I being right now? As I was like hurriedly trying to get to bed, knowing that I had to be up really early for this conversation with you, who I was being was, was really uh, identified with this thought, thought process that created a me that, that is worried that I'm going to be too tired, that I'm not going to be able to function well, that maybe I should cancel this recording and reschedule. So who am I being in that moment? Who was I being in that moment was really my mind. I was being, I was just being my mind. And so for me, what, what that then looks like on recognizing that was, um, was slowing down and remembering that my mind doesn't have to hold all this together that there is something else outside of my mind that will, that absolutely will kick in this morning for this conversation and it will show up. It will show up. And that's clearer to, a lot clearer to me now than it was a few years ago. Like I wasn't so sure about that. <laughs> if you'd have asked me three or four, four years ago, 
um, you know, I'd be like, well, maybe it will, maybe it won't. And that makes me kind of nervous. <laughs> um, and yet, uh, for me, that's the, that's the practice is that when we discover that who we're being is, we're being our mind and whatever stream of consciousness it's spitting out, it's a portal into who we really are potentially for us. Yeah, I love that. And it is, I love just that question. Who am I being right now? I feel like when we ask that, it's pretty apparent. You don't need, I mean, you don't need to articulate the answer, but you have a sense. Everyone, I think, has a sense of, even if it's just in my being, like you said, in my head or just in my bigger truth or something, however, however we'd say that, it doesn't matter. But I feel like, yeah, you get that sense really quickly. You do, you do, and I think it it really matters a lot what happens once you get that sense. Mm-hmm. I think once you get that sense of who you're being, if in response to seeing that you find yourself in judgment, then then really what that points to is that that your work first up is actually to ask the question then look out for and notice yourself judging who you're being. And then your work is to then meet that judgment with love and understanding. Sometimes we can't meet our state of being who we're being directly with love and understanding. I couldn't for a long time and still and still can't. You know, sometimes I don't like who I'm being. I don't, you know, I came into this to be generous and to to help the world and all of these things, and I'm not being it, and I don't like that, and it's painful. And then it's like, oh, okay, okay. So it's really hard for me to be with who I'm being. Okay, maybe I could start there. Okay, yeah. Do you? Because you mentioned all your journals and all of all of that. <laughs> you um recommend is there something around that like a practice that you work with people on because just as you're sharing it too there's so many so many different parts that seem to pop up and are they the same part are they all different parts how does one who's new to this kind of get their head around that is it is it a lot of kind of writing and journaling or are the other things yeah yeah i mean i think if um if somebody can have a journal where they would ask this question, who am I being regularly? And they would just, you know, capture what they see and what they learn. Over time, if you were to then look back at some of that data, you could then ask yourself on behalf of what part of me does this way of being actually arise and then we can start to really see the different parts that are generating a lot of this this traffic this static and you know in my system i've got this beautiful part i call my name my my name is matthew cooksey um and for anyone who's interested in this, my, my website is matthewcooksey.com. And I have this part of me that I call Little Cookie. 
Um, and Little Cookie is this beautiful, precious part of me that was terribly bullied as a child that, um, that really grew up feeling very alone and unworthy of love and connection. And, you know, I can feel that I can feel him right now as I'm kind of speaking about him. And so when I move through the world trying to do generous work, if I'm finding myself in any kind of social situation or where there's some kind of exposure, let's say, and this would count like that, clearly, then I can kind of knowing that he's there through my journaling, through having sort of identified through my behaviors and thought processes that he's a part of me, I can really reliably expect him to, to show up. And, it, and then I can welcome him in, as we talked about already. And, and that becomes just this, this very, um, in, in a paradoxical way, as we become more aware of our fractured of the fractured nature of our mind, actually, ironically, the more whole we start to actually begin to, to feel. And, you know, as much as I've got little cookie, I've also got this fiery little toddler part of me that like wants it done now and doesn't want to wait for anything and instant gratification and all of that kind of stuff. And there are other situations where I, I just know that that part of me is, is going to show up. Um, you know, anything technology related that's not working, I can pretty much assure you he'll be there. So, so what those journals have given me is the gift of, uh, of really self understanding and the capacity to then create a platform of self, self love and self acceptance within, within myself. And so I think if you can ask that question, who am I being and then document that for even a few weeks, You'll then be able to then say, okay, so, so who's this? Where's this all arising from? If you make the assumption that there are different parts of me for whom this is arising, who are who are they? And um, and and that's the starting point for the work I always do because once people can see that, they go like, wow, my God, I've got this like, I've got this for the first time in my life. I have this physical map of me, <laughs> and they're like, oh my God, there's me on a piece of paper. And like, oh, of course, this part comes up and then this part. And, and, and then you can have a very different conversation, a more loving conversation about who, who's in there, you know. And it's really beautiful to see that all of those parts are just there for you to protect you. You know, I think that's probably just the biggest new thing for a lot of people who haven't explored this ever. We think we have these I mean, we call them our shadow sides. We have these negative traits, right. whatever about ourselves. But all of that, when you kind of look back in the work that you help people do, was something that arose out of protection or help. Totally. It just changes it completely. completely totally. I, I mean, in, in my community, I often say to people, there, there are parts of you that absolutely are totally on board with this idea of doing some kind of generous work that you know creating something meaningful and purposeful and then there are other parts of you that see that as a terrible idea 
a very dangerous, dangerous enterprise because they've been burnt. They've been burnt when they were exposed. You know, they, they carry the, the burden and the legacy of painful, painful experiences. And my experience is that until we can actually invite those parts of us into, into the fray, into our conscious awareness through this kind of practice that we were speaking about, um, we, they, will, they will constantly work to make sure that we don't do anything truly generous because often what's generous is controversial or against the grain or blows up the ideology or the conventional wisdom or we could um, fail or we could get disappointed or yeah and we frequently do like to go back to something you were saying earlier like in the early stages of of really creating anything i mean you are just like i i'm failing all the time i'm experiencing rejection i'm experiencing failure um so to be able to actually uh work with the parts that find that so utterly utterly devastating i mean i don't think that's a overstatement for me personally there are parts of me that you know if i if i'm writing to somebody to say look i think i'd love to come on your podcast and talk about blah and i don't hear from them or they say no or whatever there are parts of me that are absolutely devastated about that in a way that you would think is like kind of ridiculous but what i've come to see is that as you pointed out there are very very good reasons grounded in what I've experienced in my life that lead to that reaction. I, I love to ask people to think about why does it make perfect sense that you are feeling like this? Why does it make perfect sense? What have you experienced? What have you lived through? That means this is, of course, how you're, how you're reacting and feeling about this. And, and that can be a really great way to find some um, compassion for what you previously just found annoying or frustrating, you know. That's so good. And, you know, everything about just what we're talking about, these different parts of, of ourselves, um, is so powerful given this even bigger lens that I know you see things through, that in a sense, none of these parts is us, for sure. They're all there, but they're parts, and they and they come and they go. And when they retreat, they're completely gone at times. And so it it keeps opening to this bigger, like, okay, well, where is the real self that's always here, never changes, which is just a, like, crazy big question. But I think just, you know, for people listening to kind of see, again, it's it, it a point, I don't like to say it this way, but sort of in a point of our evolution or seeing things, it can be like, oh, no, well, I know I'm not a self, so I don't need to look at the parts of the self. Well, mm. If you know you're not really any of that anyway, yet this stuff is coming up, let's just look. <laughs> if it's not you anyway, and you know it's not that stable, then what's the problem? Why not look? Yeah. Why not listen? Given that it's there, we're not saying yeah. bring it out of hibernation, but given that it's there, what the heck's the problem with it? And then it comes full circle to this embracing, which ironically kind of none of it looks so stable and real when it's sort of embraced. I don't I'm not well, saying I, I, I think you said it, you said it very closely to how I experience it too. Um, and that is that the more I lend these parts, a reality and a truth, 
and actually through that reality allow these parts to express and um and share what needs to be what what burdens need to be um taken away and lifted from them ironically the more i do that the more i see through these parts and i see that actually they uh they only exist at the level of of my mind and my thinking mm-hmm. and that beyond that there is something else and that is a question that everybody has to consider and answer for them themselves um but these parts more reality ironically they become less and less real yeah I just, I just kind of heard this in a new way. We call this shadow work sometimes, and you call yours the shadow quest. And we think of shadow like, oh, this dark side of me, but it's a shadow. It's like a mirage. That's what you just said. (laughs) It's like (laughs) the shadows. I was thinking that as you were saying that. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, we do. We already call them shadows, but for a different reason. That's so funny. I was, um, (laughs) I was, I was in the park the other day uh, with my son, and and. And the the actual sun was shining so brightly that we both had these really vivid, amazing shadows. And I was looking at the at our shadows. And I was like, "Whoa, that's so crazy! Like that's like that looks so real, and yet it's not real. <laughs> and it's like the mirage, like you're saying. But it's like if I if I would constantly be running away from my shadow because I'm scared that it's real, secretly even." then I never get to actually see that it's that it's um that it's a mirage. And it's a beautiful mirage. Like I looked to my shadow, I was like, this is beautiful. And it's a trick of the light. Yeah. You know? Wow. I love this. So I love this conversation. I think this work you're doing is so important. And it's it's just so big to see how every you know, we just talked about it around purpose and these parts of us and all of that, but it is exactly in different language what happens with change, what happens with anything. And it's so beautiful to see that these right. things that look like such a problem, like you said early on, when you look at the one side, it looks like a problem, but it's really the princess when you see it, when you embrace <laughs> it and let it in and get curious about it. And it's it's just so interesting that our purpose, again, from for many, many, just well-meaning, wanting to connect, wanting to contribute, so part of our nature, that purpose can be this thing that feels so icky and painful. But then they get to meet someone like you and hear like, oh, (laughs) what is this bringing up? And then, I don't know, I just think it's so cool to see how that all comes around. It's so, it's so great to know that it needn't, it needn't be another source of heaviness and stress in our lives. So um, it's such a lovely conversation. And I'm really glad that we've we've had it today. Yes, thank you so much. And um, I'll share a link to your website. And you mentioned that you have a download there. Can you say a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So um, the downloads actually, um, I feel like I need to translate the the name of it for your audience being as uh, as you know mindful and aware as they are. The the downloads called the the nine signs that you have a masterpiece trapped inside you. And because that's how often people think about it. 
And so that's why I called it that. But what we could also call it is the nine pieces of junk that stop you from living beyond your mind and, and thinking and creating and working from beyond, beyond that. So um, anyone can go to the website and, uh, and download that as well as the, uh, there's an there's a animated video that I've created that goes into this in a little bit more, more depth as well. So you can get that there at matthewcooksey.com. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Amy. With Student Access Plus, you get a very large library of amazing digital courses, discounts on the Little School of Big Change and other larger courses, and a live monthly coaching call, all for one very low annual or monthly price. Just go to dramyjohnson.com slash student dash access dash plus to learn more and to sign up.